0: First Peter chapter four, it says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Well, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day. And I want to make something clear up front. Martin Luther King Jr. was, was a man, not a god. He was a picture of broken pieces being held together for usefulness. He was a broken vessel carrying a message of light. Just like you. Just like me. We don't celebrate this day because he was perfect. We don't celebrate this day because he was famous. We don't celebrate this day because he was flawless. We celebrate this day because he was obedient. We celebrate this day because he received a call and he accepted it. We celebrate this day because in the midst of ridicule, adversity, threat of death on his life, he still accepted God's call to lead for change. One of the major principles he preached was the need to, for all to live with a servant mentality as opposed to a drum major instinct. A drum major has to be up front. The drum major must uh, lead with pomp and circumstance. The drum major must be the loudest, most rambunctious person in the room. And most times, the person who has to be the loudest, most noticed person in the room is generally the most insecure. Jesus, on the other hand, avoided the drum major instinct. Jesus consistently exemplified the message of humility. I mean, even when his followers wanted him to make a stand and overthrow the government, his response was, my time has not come. Why? Because the strongest strategy for progress and success is humility and servitude. The strongest strategy for progress and success is humility and servitude. This is contrary to human thinking. This is opposite of what we're taught in the media today. We're told to look out for number one. We're told to protect ourselves and our own interests and anyone who disagrees with us is our enemy. We're taught that compromise and understanding are a sign of weakness and submission rather than believing that our gospel is strong enough to love someone who does not agree with us, knowing that our love conquers all and could gain a relationship, could gain another brother in Christ, another sister in Christ. The message of the Bible is, the first shall be last and the servant is first. Dr. Martin Luther King, Sr., A junior is quoted as saying, if you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's a new definition of greatness. It means that everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics and physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love, and you can be that servant. Amen? Amen. Martin Luther King was speaking of the ability, uh, the opportunity to love your neighbor as yourself. Now listen, our church has determined that kingdom oneness is a value. It is a mindset that will govern our decisions. We're determined not to be uh, the church catching up with what the world is doing in this area of race relations. We're determined to be the church who leads the change in discussing what it looks like to be a Kingdom Oneness church. Our Kingdom Oneness team, we're often asked why does Kingdom Oneness seem to focus on black Americans instead of all other minorities? Well, we begin by focusing on black Americans because the largest minority in the Jerusalem around South Kansas City where this work began is African Americans. But here at the Overland Park campus, your Jerusalem around this church has many different ethnicities. So we're motivated by Scripture, Revelation 7-9 and Acts 1 and 8. Revelation 7-9 says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white white robes and palm branches in their hands. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria until the end of the earth. These verses call us to create kingdom oneness with the people of God that he has brought to us in our Jerusalem. And we're beginning to work with those people, these people. And in order to reach the people in our Jerusalem, we have to know where they come from. We have to know what's important to them. And celebrating Black History Month is a celebration of diversity, not an exclusion of any other ethnicity. But we have to admit the greatest chasm in our nation's history has been between blacks and whites. And our goal of informing and appreciating all that black people have done to advance this country provides a blueprint for acknowledging and celebrating all cultures. In my six years of being on staff here, I want to calm all those in question. We are dead set on preaching the gospel, and there will be no compromise on that. Pastor Jim has set a standard for biblical teaching, and we will uphold that standard as we search the scriptures for direction in this area of kingdom oneness. What we learn from Scripture is the heart, the the foundation to being one in Christ is to have a heart of service. That's what Martin Luther King's quotes are built from. And and as I prayed for what God wanted me to share from his word, 1 Peter 4 came to me. Now listen to it. Read it up front, but just, just listen to it. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another As good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through who? Just seeing if you're still awake. Through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever, and amen. So I have the opportunity to speak to you over the next two weeks on this matter of service and its role um, in kingdom oneness. Over the next two weeks, I want to talk about this week today, the principle of service. And next week, I'll talk about the practice of service. You see, the principle of service shows us the argument for why we should commit our lives to serving especially for the matter of building bridges and, and breaking down walls. The practice of service shows us what it practically looks like from examples in our guide uh, for life, the word of God, and from examples of people in our world. And there are three lessons I want us to learn today about the principle of serving. Are you interested? Yes. Good. It's too cold to be otherwise. First of all, The principle of service should govern our obedience. The principle of service should govern our our obedience. 1 Peter 4 and 10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. 1 Peter was written to a church that was experiencing persecution, they needed to be encouraged. They were being asked to live a life that was not popular to the surrounding culture. They were being taught uh, to build relationships with people that the culture told them to avoid. They were expected to love people who sought to harm them. They were being asked to give their life for this new unifying effort called the church. And they needed to be encouraged. We even see Peter Uh, give them some examples on how to live in 1st Peter chapter 2 and 12 he says keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation Peter tells them in in the in the 10th verse you have gifts use them to serve one another When you do this, you show yourself to honestly respect and value what God has given you. And notice Peter describes God's grace as varied. It literally means rich in variety. In other words, everyone has something to offer to serve the body of Christ. The person who shows hospitality in the parking lot need not be jealous of the person who's standing on stage because they're all gifts of God's grace. The person leading the faith charge for us to be generous givers walks alongside the person who finds joy in visiting the sick and serving and caring for the flock. These are all God's grace. His gifts are rich in variety. And we should use them as much as we can to serve one another to bring glory to God. You see, when you obediently serve your brother and sister, you work to break down walls of division. You work to heal scars of suffering. When the men and women of God have the opportunity to be the hands and feet of God, there is the breaking of strongholds, the breaking of divisions. They have to come down. When God's presence shows up, walls have to fall down. When we are obedient in service, hatred and bitterness struggle to find a place of rest. Service aligns your perspective of testing against the lives of those who truly strive for survival. Let me say it this way. There are many of us who complain about our circumstance because we have not been in the presence of someone who honestly thanks God for their daily bread. We have developed the ability to be satisfied with our comforts and not give thought to the one who does not share in our same relaxed reality. We must not be satisfied unless all of our brothers have the opportunity to partake of that which we enjoy in our everyday life. Martin Luther King, in his Birmingham letter, which we have copies in the foyer for you as you leave today, he says, I cannot sit idly by in Atlanta and not be concerned about what happens in Birmingham. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. My grandmother was an amazing cook. I mean, she could cook everything well, Mexican, Italian, American cuisine. It didn't matter. There was no recipe that was outside of her reach. And the neighborhood knew that. One of the most enjoyable things for her to do was dinner after church on Sunday because she would make dinner for like 50 people and our immediate family was only like 10. And afterwards, like the line at the Chiefs game, people would be standing plate in hand waiting to take her to go -go plate. Because it was just that good. And as she fed them. I would watch her sit back and she would smile and you could just see her sitting in this bubble of joy. And I said, Granny, why do you send so much food home with all these strangers? Why do you feed all these people? Why, you, why do you get joy out of this? She said, Grandson, one day you are going to need a meal. And I want to sow into these people, hoping that if you're in need, someone will sow into you. Someday you'll reap from this blessing. We're all connected. And we should live life. We should love people. We should serve people with that in mind. Amen? First principle we learned is the principle of service should govern our obedience. Secondly, the principle of service is empowered by our master. First Peter 4 11 says... Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. God will not ask you to do that in which he has not equipped and prepared you for. Let's say that again. God will not ask you to do that in which he has not equipped or prepared you for. Peter uses two examples to make his point, speaking and serving. There are some whom God has called to be a mouthpiece for him. We believe Dr. King was one of those people. He was one of those men. I believe our pastors are in that same line. When we stand in this pulpit to proclaim the word of God, we don't stand in our own strength. We stand in the fear and admonition of God. When we stand in this pulpit, we stand in the power of God. Understand this. When we stand to speak to you every Sunday, we stand realizing that people are making life decisions on the words we say, believing they're from the Bible. And if we to turn and we were to turn you astray, the Bible tells us that we have a stricter judgment when we stand before God. Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that will be of no advantage to you. There are some of you listening now that God is choosing, has chosen to be his mouthpiece. And you're thinking, how can I stand? What will I say? How could I possibly make a difference? If you have a call, don't sit and ask how, ask where. Where do you want me to go? Ask who? Who do you want me to speak to? especially in this matter of kingdom oneness. We need you to speak. We need you to take courage. We need you to be the mouthpiece for unity and justice. We need to see how God has strategically placed you here in this season to take a stand, to speak up against wrong. What does that look like? It looks like you not being silent when a racial joke is presented at the water cooler. It looks like you taking a stand when a family member makes a comment and everyone else just says, oh, you know, that's just how he is. It looks like you encouraging the people of color in your circle to be honest about what they are feeling and providing a safe place for them to express themselves. Whoever speaks, speak like God gave you something to say. He also said, serve with the strength that God provides. I don't know about you, but sometimes working for Jesus makes me tired. Somebody said amen. (laughs) You show up early. You leave late. You study for the Bible study and only two people show up. You watch the kids and no one says thank you. You join the praise team and worship team and it seems no one notices you on stage. You clean the church lawn every week only to see another piece of paper thrown the following week. You serve and serve and serve with no recognition and you get tired. Peter says, don't do it for them. Do it for him. He is the one who supplies the strength. He is the one who empowers you to keep going. When no one else says thank you, God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. When it seems you are being ridiculed for your efforts to bring God glory, remember, you serve him. I've been in Kansas City for about 15 years now. And since I've been here, all I've heard God tell me to do is to be a friend to the city. That has meant sitting in pastor's waiting rooms only to be told they have to reschedule. That has meant planning prayer lunches where nobody shows up. That has meant being told I'm doing too much and spend too much time in the city. That has meant in some cases not having a safe place to share my heart on either side of state line. That has meant me not having the ability to share my heart in the inner city or the suburbs because I am too far in both places. with those who are of one race or another. But do you know what encourages me? I know that I am serving by the strength that God provides. And when I move in that strength, the old song would say, ain't no stopping us now. We're on the move. If you don't Google it, you'll find it. Ask your parents or your grandparents. When God stands with you, no man can stand against you. Amen? So what have we learned? We've learned the principle of service should govern our obedience. Secondly, we've learned the principle uh, of service is empowered by our master. Thirdly and finally, the principle of service is presented by our Savior. 1 Peter 4, 11, the second part of the 11th verse, it says, In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him (coughs) belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So get it. Our obedience should be governed by the principle to serve. We're giving gifts from God that should be used to serve his people. And these gifts are rich in variety. Our service is empowered by God, not by your own strength, so you don't have to hesitate in using your gifts to bring people together. You don't have to hesitate in using your gifts to build relationships. You don't have to hesitate in using your gifts to be the light of Christ in this hurting culture. God will equip us for that. And the reason we follow this plan and commit to this process is because when we do, God gets glory through Christ Jesus. Martin Luther King Jr. is quoted as saying, in his life, Christ is an example showing us how to live. In his death, he is a sacrifice satisfying our sins. In his resurrection, a conqueror. In his ascension, a king. In his intercession, a high priest. When we serve the body, we grow the body stronger. We build relationships. We bring glory to God through Christ Jesus. Jesus, the one who made it possible for us to be accepted by God. Jesus, the one who covers our sins with his blood so that we can forgive others who have sinned against us? Jesus, who said in Matthew twenty-three, eleven, "The greatest among you shall be your servant." Jesus, who said in Matthew twenty-three and twelve, "Whoever exalts himself will be humble, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted." Jesus, who said in Mark ten forty-five, "For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many." Jesus, who said in Luke six twenty seven, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Jesus, who said in Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus, who served us by being obedient to death, even death on the cross. Jesus, the name to which every knee would bow And every tongue confess that he is Lord. Don't have a drum major instinct. Don't let your pride and arrogance keep you from the opportunity to make another brother or sister in Christ. The way to kingdom oneness is through serving one another to the glory of God. The church said amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. Lord, we pray that someone would here today be encouraged, be motivated to live for you, to serve you for the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.